Blue Wire. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of The Rebuild. I'm Henry Ettinger, known solo once again here. Just holidays make it difficult for Jordan and I to uh, connect our schedules with the traveling and, and the work he's doing for ESPN Cleveland and some of the other work I have going on. So I'm also currently out in the uh, the mountains in Colorado with my family uh, and enjoying some some good time here skiing-wise too. So, so just had to go solo on this one and wing it out. So nothing has happened to Jordan. He will be back on the podcast at some point. It's just with all the shuffling around of the games, you know, he had to do post game after the Browns Monday night, uh, you know, uh, I don't want to call it a fiasco, uh, a heartbreaking loss against the Raiders. So, you know, that's why he hasn't been on the last couple of times, but I promise he's coming back. It's just right now I've got to go solo just because of the, uh, the changing schedules and the weirdness and, and Speaking of weirdness, the Browns play on another Saturday on Christmas Day, just five days after that loss to the Raiders. And now their backs are against the wall. COVID is still a problem uh, as far as the team is concerned and will affect this game undoubtedly, as are some other things that we'll get into on this podcast. And, you know, I'm recording this at 7 o'clock Eastern on Thursday night. Uh, about as long as I could wait, trying to get all the COVID news we could possible. There still may, may be more stuff, guys, but, you know, I also have a life. And so on Christmas Eve, I'm going to want to spend some time with my family. And I've just decided that that this is as long as I was willing to wait to record. So I hope you can uh, appreciate that. And I hope, you know, all of you guys have a happy holiday season a- as well. But, you know, we'll be watching this team on Christmas and what is a pivotal game ultimately, you know, for this team. And, you know, as I mentioned at the top, their backs are against the wall and, you know, we're still waiting on some COVID news, but there is a lot more clarity this week uh, than there was last week. And and that's because of the very simple fact that there is something as part of the protocols called the 10 day rule, where even if you've tested positive after, you know, if you're vaccinated, you will come off the COVID list after 10 days, no matter what meaning that some of the Browns key players will be able to play in this game no matter what. So for starters, let's 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 start there with the COVID news. Here's what we know. Kevin Stefanski's back in the building. He he tested negative earlier this week. And because of that 10-day rule, Baker Mayfield will be able to play on Christmas Day, as will Jarvis Landry, as will Jedrick Wills, as will Malik McDowell, and I believe a few other uh role guys that 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 tested positive um you know, early enough that they'll be back no matter what. So Kevin Stefanski said in his press conference that the plan is to start Baker Mayfield in the game, no matter what, that they will have a plane on standby on Saturday morning for anybody else who might come off the COVID list that doesn't qualify because of that 10 day rule. But those guys that I mentioned are going to be back as well as some other guys that have come off the list uh, through testing negative. That would include Austin Hooper, Grant Delpit, James Hudson and Jacob Phillips. So the Browns returned some key starters there, you know, to, uh, of course, Baker being the the most key, you know, having your quarterback and not having to go with the third stringer in, in Nick Mullins. Now Mullins may still be the backup. We don't know uh, for sure about Case Keenum yet. Uh, Jarvis Landry, though, getting back, you know, Hooper getting back. All of a sudden you've got your complement of weapons. And for a moment there, we had what we thought was, you know, the best possible options for the offensive line with Batonio back at guard, you know, the Treader and then the Hudson and Wills, the two tackles you could best hope to be available for this game. Now, since 
uh, that brief moment, we have discovered that JC Treader has tested positive for COVID. So no announcement on who's going to be the starting center yet. You know, the obvious candidate would be Nick Harris, just based on the fact that that he was a center in college. That's what the Browns drafted him for in, in what he's been so far in the NFL. I will say this. Nick Harris in his limited action last year was not very good. And he was a rookie. He's a fifth round draft pick, of course, coming in. So, you know, that's not to say that he he can't play in the league or that he won't be better. If it is indeed him, you know, coming in for the Browns in this specific situation, you know, he played guard, you know, last year as opposed to center, you know, which was his natural position in college at Washington. So he, there's, you know, an opportunity for him here, you know, to hopefully have a better outing. But, you know, in 143 snaps last year, he had a 51 overall grade, 62, uh, this is PFF, 62 run blocking, 34 pass blocking. That 34 pass blocking is pretty awful. And let me say, it is the person who watched those games, and I'm sure other Browns fans can attest, it was pretty awful. It was pretty dreadful for Nick Harris last year. So he's going to, you know, if he does get the start, he's going to get it with the rest of the offensive line intact around him with, you know, some Pro Bowl guards supporting him on the interior there. But, you know, I, it'll be interesting to see if the Browns have the faith in him, you know, to to do that, or if they'll go with another option at center. We just don't know that at this point in time. We'll have to wait and see if they feel more comfortable trying to slide in, you know, like we saw Batonio go out to left tackle, you know, will they do something like that with one of the, uh, the, the interior players or other backups, you know, will they put consider putting them at center? You know, a, a, obviously a very specific skill set required at center uh, that a lot of these guys might not have experience with. I don't know. We're in wait and see mode. As I said, I'm not ruling anything out as a possibility at this point, just based on the fact that they, we're at a strange point in the season. Uh, getting Grant Delpit back is also huge because Kevin Stefanski mentioned that John Johnson is for sure going to be out of this game with a hamstring injury. Uh, Ronnie Harrison, I believe, is still TBD, but getting Grant Delpit means at least that they'll have one starting safety back there and maybe they'll be able to pair Ronnie Harrison with them. If not, maybe it'll be a combination of Moffitt and LeCount like we saw against the Raiders. You know, they, they Moffitt had that one really nice play where he stepped up and tackled Derek Carr. There were some other not so great moments, but uh, another wait and see position at safety uh, that, that could factor uh Hugely in this game. Now, uh, in addition to those guys I mentioned, Johnson and Treader, some other people we know that'll be out. Uh, Kareem Hunt and Troy Hill are both going to be out of this game. Kevin Stefanski said, regardless of whether or not they come off the COVID-19 list, that their injuries are going to keep them out of this game uh, as far as he would expect. And Greg Newsom tested positive as well. Uh, for COVID-19. So he is also out of this game. Newsom, of course, missed last game with a concussion. So not really changing anything from last game. Now, the biggest thing that we don't know, and this is huge, 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 is the situation at defensive end. Tack McKinley, of course, uh, it was confirmed, suffered a torn Achilles. I think, you know, the, it was widely suspected that was the case. And obviously a, a tough moment to watch him you know, all getting carted off the field. He is done for the season, so he's not there. Miles Garrett, I thought, looked pretty limited in those last couple series since he hurt his groin. Now, Kevin Stefanski said he's 50-50 to play. Garrett said he's going to, you know, he thinks he'll play no matter what, uh, no matter how he feels, I believe was the exact quote. 
I'm not sure how I feel about that, to be honest. As I said, Garrett looked really hampered uh, in those last couple series. So my worry is just that he aggravates it worse. And as we'll get into in a moment here, this is not the most pivotal of the three games that the Browns have remaining. Of course, if they win it, it will dramatically improve their playoff chances. But if they don't win it, there is still a pathway to the playoffs, depending on, on what else happens this weekend. So, uh, you know, five days later, you know, playing with a hurt groin like that, it it makes me nervous. Uh, I understand that the Browns don't, you know, have a whole lot of pass rush rush options without Garrett. But, you know, we saw in the Raiders game, I mean, they just they took him out. And so, you know, McDowell will be back at least, you know, you have Malik Jackson in there and then maybe. Maybe on the other side, we'll have Jadavion Clowney. We don't know that right now. He is up in the air as well. So he's still on the COVID list. Will he get off in time? I don't know. He tested on the later side. So uh, the Browns are really thin at defensive end right now. There's no question. Uh, Having Garrett out there would be great if he's 80% of his normal self. But if he's 40% of his normal self, is that good? Especially if he's re-aggravating it? I don't know that. That worries me a little bit. It'll be a huge part to this matchup as we'll get into because that is the weakness of the Packers offensive line as well. That's the biggest question mark. I'd say those are the things to keep your eye on the most is Clowney and Garrett. What are the what are their statuses headed into that game? And then watching them on the field, what do they look like? Particularly Garrett, you know, if he's out there is, hey, yeah, it's one thing to be out there, but can he be effective in the game as well? I don't know the answer to that. You know, maybe he's, a, of course, a, a freak human being. Maybe he can recover from a pulled groin in five days. But I think that's a lot to ask of a defensive end where that bend around the edge is so important to Garrett's game, the flexibility. Uh, you know, maybe being out there, he'll get double teamed and that'll be enough of a distraction to help the other guys get home. But the Browns got no pressure in that Raiders game, even with Garrett. So uh, they need Jadavion Clowney and Malik McDowell to step up on the other, you know, at the other spots because those guys can get after the quarterback and they have to get more pressure than they got uh, against the Raiders going up against Aaron Rodgers. There's just no way they can sit back, you know, with seven guys in coverage and expect that Aaron Rodgers isn't going to pick them apart. No matter how good your coverage guys are, you cannot give him time. He's just going to make throws that kill you. So that's the, the the biggest unknown right now. There was some other news about the team that, that will impact this game as well. Uh, Kevin Stefanski saying that Chase McLaughlin will be the kicker. No matter what, Chase McLaughlin is our kicker, was his quote. He, McLaughlin's missed six out of his last 11 field goals. He's having a tough stretch. At this point, you know, in, in the season, guys, it's pretty tough at week, week 15 to make a change at kicker especially because of the fact that, you know, with the Browns issues right now, there's not a lot of practice time. So to even bring guys in for a tryout. And then uh, on top of that, you got to get, you know, some reps in with the long snapper, with a holder, all that kind of stuff. I mean, making a kicker change right now is a lot to ask. So McLaughlin's been struggling. I think you just got to hope he turns it around. He had a great start to the beginning of the season. I'm a little worried that, yeah, the six out of the, you know, this last stretch is a little bit more who he is, but the Browns, I don't think, really have a choice, honestly, in this situation. I, you know, Kevin Stefanski was adamant that, that McLaughlin's a kicker, but I also think it, it, people hoping that they move off him, you know, this week, it's just not realistic, you know, especially with the Packers game, you know, five days after the Raiders game. It's it's not going to happen. So he's the kicker no matter what. Now, Dustin Colquitt, who got his chance uh, to be the punter with Jamie Gillen out, 
uh, is going to be the punter uh, going forward, which I think makes a lot of sense. I think Browns fans uh, were pretty much clamoring for this after his performance the last couple of weeks, how Gillen has, has struggled uh, throughout this season. You know, that the Browns announced that Gillen was released, that, that, that Colquitt is the guy here moving forward. So that is what I, I would say a logical change, really, just based on their performances so far this season. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that Colquitt had been better than, than, than what Gillen was providing. So he will be the punter against the backers on Saturday and, and will round out the special teams unit. Okay, let's let's get into a quick preview of the game first, and then I also want to go through the Browns uh, playoff scenarios and all of that. So as far as Packers news, because there's been a couple of things on their side of things that will also affect this game. Right now, uh, Valdez Scantling, uh, their wide receiver, tested positive for COVID. He is out of this game. He's their number two option. Actually, had a really nice game against the Raider or against the Ravens. Excuse me, last week, uh, and he's the second option. To Adams won't be available in this one. Perhaps even more importantly, is the Packers have ruled out Billy Turner, their right tackle, for a second consecutive game. They also have ruled out Bakhtiari, who hasn't played all season. Uh, and so they will have two you know, backup tackles. Now, at the left tackle spot, they're used to this and actually getting some pretty good play over there. But at right tackle, they are going to start Dennis Kelly. Dennis Kelly, a veteran in this league who at this point looks really slow, really slow. He had a rough game against the Ravens last week at right tackle, really rough. So that's why those Garrett and Clowney statuses are so important is they, whoever lines up across from Dennis Kelly, especially if Garrett's healthy, which is why that's such a bummer that he got hurt. If he is healthy, they should own that matchup. Absolutely own that matchup. But we don't know if we're going to have, you know, healthy defensive ends. You know, if it's Dennis Kelly versus Joe Jackson, I don't think Jackson's going to give him a lot of problems. So, just going to have to wait and see there, but that could be a massive key for the Browns' defense against this Packers' offense. Uh, you know, the, the second thing being, and, you know, when you look at that side of the football, how do you stop Devontae Adams? And, and, and Aaron Rodgers, but Devontae Adams in particular, because he's just, you know, arguably the best receiver in the league. Uh, Rodgers finds him all the time, even when teams are trying to double and, and take him out of the game. Nobody has really figured out a solve for it. I think you're going to see Denzel Ward go a, a lot of places with Adams. I think they're going to do a lot of doubling as well with Adams. We'll, we'll wait and see what the actual game plan is, you know, but that would be my, you know, my hunch. I think it's pretty obvious, especially with, with Valdez Scantling out, you know, that that would be the idea. But again, this is not revolutionary. Everybody knows Devonte Adams is the guy to take away. They have not been able to do it all season. And uh, Denzel Ward has been playing phenomenally well these last couple of weeks. He has been awesome. They need him to be awesome in this game if they're going to stop the Packers at all. Because, yes, the Packers haven't always, you know, looked the prettiest this season, even though they're winning a lot of games. But their offense has looked pretty almost the entire time. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is arguably going to be the MVP. Their offense has been a, a machine uh, for large portions of the season in the, the they scored 31 points against the Ravens pretty effortlessly last week. And I, I didn't even think they play, you know, I watched pretty much that entire game. I didn't even think that they had their best offensive game and they had 31 points. So yeah, I'm scared of this team. Uh, Devonte Adams has the highest grade of any 
PFF wide receiver, Aaron Rodgers should, you know, arguably be the MVP of the league that the rows he makes. He's, he's been on fire. Uh, and, and the other thing is you can't count out their running game either. You know, they have a top five offense, not just because of Aaron Rodgers, but they have a two headed monster back there in Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon, who are also going to challenge the physicality of this Browns team. You know, JOK is a great little player to put out there and, and has really held up well, despite his limited size. But you look at a guy like AJ Dillon, a huge heavy running back, you know, is that going to provide challenges for the Browns? I could see that being an option uh, as well that the Packers utilize and cause some problems with the Browns is, you know, the, them running the football on the interior. If the Browns try to go with some lighter packages to slow down Rogers, to slow down this passing game, I, I could see the, the Packers countering with Jones and Dylan a lot as well. So this is a, a huge task on the defensive side of the football, the slow down, uh, the Packers and it, it, I'm not feeling super confident about it, but again, Denzel Ward has looked awesome. So if he can play an outstanding games against Devonte Adams, I think they have a chance Garrett and Clowney, you know, their status is being so unclear right now. That's where I'm still not sure uh, because the Browns are going to have to pressure Aaron Rodgers. It's no secret against all the best quarterbacks. What do you have to do? You have to pressure them. You have to make them feel uncomfortable. Otherwise, they're going to dice you. Aaron Rodgers is no different. There's a reason this team is 11-3. and three. They're very, very, very good, and they're at home. So that is the offensive side of the football. Let's go to the defensive side of the football for the Packers, the offensive side of the football for the Browns. There is a glimmer of hope here in the sense that, you know, everybody's talking about how the Packers have a top-five offense and a top-five defense. They do, but they are – defense has been susceptible at times on the ground. And I do think there is an opportunity here. The Browns have played some pretty good run defenses the, the last couple of weeks. And then the Raiders last week are not traditionally good run defense. I understand that, but the Browns are playing their third string quarterback. You knew they were going to face massively heavy boxes all day. The Browns sh should be able to be more effective against this Packers team. This sets up for the Browns doing what they like to do as far as, hey, let's run the ball. Let's get into the play action with Baker Mayfield. He's got Njoku back. He's got Hooper. He's got Landry. Like this should, this Browns offense should be functionally what it normally is. Now, James Hudson at right tackle. Yes. Is that still a concern? Of course. Now he has looked pretty good in, in his limited action. I, I thought I was pretty impressed with him. What was that now? Two weeks ago against the Ravens. Uh, where he didn't give up uh, too much in terms of pressure. And so I think that's one thing that the Browns can hopefully lean on is, hey, can he give us that again? And then, as I said, the center position, I just don't I, I don't know what we're going to get from Nick Harris if he's playing, and I don't even know if he's going to be the guy. So uh, I, I imagine he will. That would be my prediction. And, and then hopefully he plays better than he did at times last season. Uh, but, you know, Teller, Batonio back at his natural spot. You've got Wills back. This should be much more of the offense we're used to seeing. So I do think they're going to be able to put points on the board. This is not going to be last week where everything is just scratching and clawing, uh, you know, for a, a first down. I, I do think this offense will be better. Having Baker Mayfield, of course, back is the biggest thing too. Yeah, you know, how no matter how critical you want to be at Baker Mayfield this season, he does not have the limitations physically that that a guy like Nick Mullins does as far as arm strength 
this offense will can run as normally. And also, you know, mentally as well, you know, they talk about Nick Mullins hasn't run a lot of the plays in the Browns offense. He certainly hasn't run it with the personnel he was working with. Like that's not going to be the case this week. Like Baker, the offense should run normally. Yes. They're going to have, you know, an offensive lineman in a different spot or whatever it may be, but the, the offense should functionally work the same way. And I expect the Browns to be able to put up some points now. I think the last piece you have to think about when previewing this game is just, you know, what's the mentality going to be from each side? That's really what you get down to at this point in the season. You know, have the Browns, you know, I don't want to say quit, but like now with the, such a long shot from the playoffs, like are they going to be as um, as motivated for this game? I mean, they're going into enemy territory. If, if the Packers get a lead, you know, will the Browns, uh, you know, be able to hang in there mentally? I think this team has shown a lot of mental toughness over the last couple of weeks, you know, coming back to beat the Ravens after the bye week when everybody was writing them off. I think even last week, despite it being a loss, they showed a lot of mental toughness. That's one piece of things. You know, will they look rusty, the Browns, or having not practiced, or will they come in, you know, really hyper-focused, pissed off based on how the last couple of weeks have gone? I don't know. I just don't know what that's going to be. And I think you flip it over, the same thing with the Packers. This team, yes, they're 11 and three. I think some of the, you know, the betters out there, some of the other analytics folks will tell you they're 11 and three. They probably are a little uh, overinflated as far as the record is concerned. Like they might not be that good uh, in, in terms of record. Still definitely a, a top team in the NFC and all that. But getting a little lucky, you know, the Ravens were able to come back in that game last week and then didn't get the two point conversion that would have won them the game, which kind of. You know, uh, again, the Packers escape. So do they come into this game a little lackadaisical? That has been the reputation at times with Aaron Rodgers led Packers teams actually at home in Lambeau. So there are I know some betters are, are on the Browns, you know, especially as it's, you know, the Browns are eight point underdogs here, which. I think is about right. I, I think is about fair that, that they should be pretty heavy underdogs here, you know, going into Lambeau with still not knowing the COVID concerns and all that. I just know some people out there that are neutral, that are money oriented, are saying, hey, that's a lot of points in a game where they they don't expect the Packers to be as focused, where there's not a ton. You know, the, the one seat is on the line here for the Packers in theory, but with how many injuries the Bucs have had, I think there's a sense that, hey, like the Bucs are probably not going to run the table and, and actually challenge the Packers either for that one seed. So I think there's an idea that, hey, yeah, the one, the one seed is on the line. The Packers, like, do need to win out. But, like, how much do they need to win out? Because, it, you know, they there are a bunch of 10 and 4 teams behind them. But I, I think a lot of people, you know, with the Rams schedule remaining, with the Cardinals, the Cow, Cowboys, I, I, I do get the sense that, that people are saying, hey, yeah, they, they still should be in pretty good shape. Uh, even if they drop this game. So they've got a lot of people nipping at their their heels. So so maybe that won't be the case. Maybe they'll come out hyper-focused and, and run the, the the Browns out of it. And, and that could, really could be the case. I will not be surprised at all if this is a blowout by any means, you know, just looking at some of the factors. But it, it could go one of two ways. I think the mentality is just one of those things. We don't know what the teams are going to look like. I am usually not the big, you know, um, uh, body language doctor or, or mental focus kind of guy. I usually think these teams are, are motivated the whole way through. But when you get to this point in the year with the circumstances that are surrounding this game, I do think it's a much bigger factor than just your average NFL game. Okay, the last thing I want to do is, is look at the playoff picture because that's where uh, this game, uh, of course, has massive, massive implications. But also, I think it, 
it does illuminate some things about this game too. You know, the Browns essentially at this point have a 16% chance to make the playoffs. They have a 13% chance to win the division. If you do this simple math there, the path is basically through the division as far as, you know, this team getting to the playoffs. They really need to win the division. So it comes down to the Steelers, the Bengals, the Ravens, and the Browns. Now, if you were a Browns fan, even if you lose the Packers game, funny enough, your odds to win the division don't change at all if two things happen. The Bengals beat the Ravens. The Steelers lose to the Chiefs. That's what we're rooting for. The Bengals to beat the Ravens in particular would be huge. And the the Chiefs to beat the Steelers. Now, the Chiefs have tons of COVID issues. Travis Kelsey's out. Tyree Kill's out. And of course, just when the Browns need COVID to, to work in their favor, it does not uh, in Kansas City is depleted right now. But the reason that is the case is the Browns play the Bengals and the Steelers. So, of course, there, there's still some control there as far as, hey, they could go beat Pittsburgh. They could go beat Cincinnati. That is in their control to add at least one loss to each of those teams. The Bengals also play Kansas City after Baltimore. So, again, uh, another tough uh, opponent. Now they get the Chiefs at home. Uh, but in general, the Bengals do not have an easy schedule. The Chiefs uh, uh, play a big factor in this as far as we need them to beat the Steelers and the Bengals. So, essentially, if you're listening to this, the key takeaways are we're a Chiefs fan the next two weeks. We're a Bengals fan uh, against Baltimore in particular this week. And then after that, we're just going to have to see how it plays out realistically. But the Browns essentially have a 13% chance to win the division. It's That's the pathway right now. You know, If they do beat the Packers, their odds will go up to somewhere between 35 and 40% chance to win the division. So you can see winning this game would be massive for the Browns. I think we all understand that that's a pretty uh, – long uh, odds right now as far as that that actually happening but stranger things have happened in, in the NFL uh, but uh, you know realistically the biggest thing that you can do as a Browns fan this weekend besides root for the Browns against the Packers is roots specifically for the Bengals and the Chiefs we are Bengals and Chiefs fans this weekend we will be Chiefs fans again next weekend uh, and so even at nine and eight there is a possibility for the Browns to sneak in there and win this division I think one of my friends put it as the Browns need to hit a five-leg parlay in, in our group chat, and, and that's about right. The Browns need to hit a five-leg parlay if they're going to to make it at this point. That's why their odds are down at thirteen percent, but it's doable. It's still not out of the question, and, and uh, as a fan of the team, we're going to root for that. So, uh, I've been playing with the five thirty-eight uh, playoff predictor nonstop. If you're a Browns fan uh, in a similar boat, um, you know we should probably shut that down at some point and spend some time with our families, but. Uh, especially because it'll all change after this weekend. So we'll keep it simple for now. Chiefs, Bengals, let's ride with them. You know, hopefully nobody else gets COVID uh, for the Chiefs. Hopefully Joe Burrow's comments about the reason Cincinnati doesn't have any COVID cases because there's no nightlife in Cincinnati. Hopefully that holds true and they're healthy against a Ravens team that still hasn't seen Lamar Jackson practice. All right, that will do it for this episode of the rebuild. As I said, Jordan is going to come back on at some point. Uh, you know, we'll see what the the holidays hold for us. The the game being on Christmas Day, probably won't record a podcast on Christmas Day. It'll probably come out sometime on the twenty sixth, just so you guys know. And, and you know, we'll be back with all the coverage and more. Uh, you know, this one, the, we'll we'll see what the information is like. As I said, I'm recording this Thursday night. More could change. 
we'll see what Garrett's status is for Sunday. We'll see if Jadavion Clowney can get off the COVID list. But, hey, who's ever out there, who's ever wearing a Browns uniform, we're going to root for him, right? That was the case with Nick Mullins last week. It'll be the case with the Browns this week. So, Browns fans, as I said, have a happy holidays. And two words for you as you head into this Christmas Day game, go Browns.